Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Think you know fantasy basketball? You can win money with FanDuel tonight and all through the NBA playoffs. Draft your fantasy basketball team for tonight's playoff action. It's quick and easy, and you could win huge cash prizes. Sign up for FanDuel now using promo code LINEUPS and get a $5 bonus with your first deposit. Just visit FanDuel.com or download the FanDuel app. Then, drop your NBA playoff team and play for cash. Again, make sure to use the promo code LINEUPS when signing up. Do it now so you can win on the games tonight. episode 544. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurs cast. Joining me for this draft special edition Spurs cast is Project Spurs' Benjamin Bornstein. Ben, how you doing, man? I am great, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well myself. Um, Spurs cast listeners, you can follow Ben on Twitter at the underscore Boomstein. Well, Ben, you know, the Spurs are out. Um, you know, there's basically a lot of open time. I know the playoffs are still going on for other teams. But for um, for us here that cover the team, you know, you know, you and I and those of us Project Spurs, now the the, the focus does shift now to the draft, which is the, the next big thing for San Antonio, and um, and then of course the free agency comes and all that other other stuff. So the Spurs have a, a, a numerous picks in this draft compared to, to the usual uh, amount of like one or two each year. So before we begin into the to the discussion of, of who you're looking at at, at their positions, 19th, um, 29th, and 49th, I want to first begin by let's let's have a little quick little discussion about the team needs and what we think they need. Um, so I'm going to go through the the expected uh, rotation right now and where there's some holes where where you can probably fit some of these draft picks. Um, starting lineup, you got Murray or White, whoever you want to put at the one two, uh, DeRozan at the three, Aldridge at the four, and Jacoperto at the five. Off the bench right now, you have Patty Mills as a backup point guard. Uh, Bryn Forbes, Lonnie Walker, and Bellinelli as the shooting guards who can basically spread out to the, you know, the two, three, the one, those areas. Then there's really nobody behind DeRozan on the roster right now for just a true three. And even DeRozan himself is not a true three. Uh, then the Aldridge, um, the, the anticipation is that the Spurs do want to try to bring back Rudy Gay. So for right now, I have his name in there. Then you got Davis Bertans, and then you don't have that fourth guy. Now, again, if Rudy leaves, then there is that missing sp- uh, player behind uh, Aldridge, um, you know, aside from Bertans. Then in the center spot, you basically have Jakob Pertl, you have Chemezi Metsu, and then you have that that question mark again. You have an open spot. Is it Nikola Militino, their prospect from 2015, or could it be someone in the draft? So so as I see it right now, the, the three areas that, that I think, I don't know if, if, I mean, I'm looking at some of your prospects, and I think you agree with me here, are a, 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 a wing, you know, a, a guy who can play the three and the four, um, a backup four for Aldridge or, or Bertans, so somebody in the four could play the three four as well, or even four five, and then also just a true center. Um, so, so go ahead and um, just kind of give me your thoughts on what if, if those are kind of what you see with the team needs. 
100% agree. And I would imagine the Spurs are going to do everything in their power to bring back Rudy Gay on a fairly friendly contract. Um, And I would say even if they do bring him back, grabbing a wing at the right time in the draft, you know, on a, on a guy who's, who falls to them at the right pick, you know, not going for a reach would be ideal. So I I think get it. Like you just said, a wing, uh, maybe a guy who can play three and four, a guy who can play four and five, and then a true center would be ideal. And I think in this day and age, you need a center who can shoot a little bit. I think it would alleviate some pressure off LaMarcus Aldridge. It would open up his post game a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right now, Pirtle is a guy who has limited offense, but he makes up for it on the defensive end. He's very good on that end. Yeah. I think any Spurs fan who watched even a half of a game that involved Jakob Pirtle would agree that he is a defensive presence you need on your team. And he actually finishes really well around the rim. He he gets a lot of putbacks. He he does all the dirty work that some other guys won't do, and every team needs that guy. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, originally I had thought, oh, you know, you, you see when you look at the point guard rotation, you see, you know, DeJounte Murray, then you see Patty Mills and you, and you, and you know that Patty's contract is going to be over here within the next two years. But then you have to just remember that they have they have Derek White. They still have Bruno Forbes. So, so that's why I don't think a um, back like a third string point guard is really that that um, necessary in this draft. Maybe maybe with their second round pick. But, you know, I, I just don't think it, it's, a, it, it's a primary position they need to see. They have enough guards right now. And so, it's funny oh, because the mock drafts I've looked at, a lot of them have the Spurs taking some sort of guard with one of their picks, and I just don't think they need one. I think they're just so backlogged there right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they have too many right now. When you look at just almost like true shooting guards, like I said, they have De- – I mean, Derek's not a true shooting guard, but you know what I mean. Uh, you got Derek, you got you got Forbes, you got Walker, and then you got Bell. And you got like four guys. Even DeRozan himself is a true – you know, he was more so a shooting guard than a three at his natural position. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I just really think they're, they're really logjammed at guard at the, at the one and two there. Um, right now, so I don't expect that to be a move that they were going to make. So Ben, let's go to begin with the first pick that the Spurs have. Right now, they have the 19th pick in, in the draft after um, you know after they finish with this with the seventh seed out west. Uh, I, I want you to tell me some who are some of the guys on your radar right now, and then um, you know if if there's some of the guys that I've looked at from other mock drafts, uh, we can have a quick discussion about you know where we think they're, they're looking at right now. So I would say my if if this guy somehow falls this far, I have seen some mock drafts where he. He, he will not get out of the top 20, I guarantee that. But there is a slight chance he drops to 19 to the Spurs. Rui Hachimura. Okay. I think he is very NBA ready now. He still has upside, but he's a guy who can shoot a little bit. He can create a little bit. He can do a lot of the things you want out of today's modern wingman. So I think if, if he somehow falls to the Spurs at 19, he has to be the top choice. Okay, so so uh, you say Ruchi uh, Rui Hachimura, um, yeah, and actually the Ringer, um, you know, it was enough. It's been almost a month since it's been updated. Back on April 16th, their mock draft had him going 19 to the Spurs, six uh, eight four out of Gonzaga. So one thing I like about the Ringer's mocks is they give you some player comparisons or, or where they think that player could finish right now. Um, he they, they compared him to the Morris twins, the Markeith and, and Marcus Morris, uh, Jabari Parker, and then uh, this is funny, Washed Mello, I guess is. is so I don't know if you see that or what do you think about those comparisons? I've seen, I've seen a comparison. Uh, I don't know if it's a favorable comparison or not, but uh, some people have compared him to Anton Jameson. Okay. I think Jameson was a little bigger, though. I want to say he was a little taller. I'll say he was closer to 6'10", but 
Um, Hachimura, I, I'm not great with NBA player comparisons. But yeah, that's I cool. You, I can tell you exactly what he does, which is all those things I mentioned earlier. He's a decent three-point shooter. He's a guy you're going to you're gonna have to work on his passing a little bit, but he can post up smaller guys if necessary. He's got a couple of nice little go-to moves you can use, and he's a really good athlete, and I think the Spurs getting younger and more athletic is going to be key. So he's definitely a guy that I really like. If he falls to 19, I think he's the top choice. Yeah, and somebody like him will be a natural, just like, you know, playing him off the bench. Um, you know, to, to basically, like like you said, if, if they if they do bring Rudy Gay back, well, then maybe it's on a shorter deal. But if they don't, well, then there's somebody right there who has some offensive upside that you can try to slot in pretty early uh, um, for the Spurs. Okay, I'm going to give you a few other names that, that are kind of popping up in some different mock drafts. Um, over on Tankathon, they have Bruno Fernando, a 6'9 center from Maryland. Uh, what do you think about him at 19? Is that too high? Uh, or what do you Bruno think? Fernando at 19 is not bad. I also think he is closer to 6'11". 6'10 or 6'11. Oh, okay. Um, so 6'9, six, six, I, I don't think does him justice. But really good player. Played, played two years in Maryland, has decided he is staying in the draft for sure. So he will be on the board. Um, I, I definitely think he – I have seen some mock drafts where the Spurs are able to grab him at 29. Oh, wow. I don't mm-hmm. think he falls that far. I think he's too good. He is. He, his body is NBA ready. Mm-hmm. He is a big body, six ten. He's like two fifty. He is ready for the rigors of the NBA. He is a good defender. He's been working on his shot. His his range has been slowly moving farther out. So that's something that can be worked on. One guy I really like if Hachimura is not available, PJ Washington out of Kentucky. Okay, has been one of my favorite guys to watch this year has drastically improved his three-point shooting over the course of a season, has some really nice go-to post-up moves on smaller defenders, and he has bullied other guys who guard him in the post as well, even if they weren't smaller. So I happen to like him a lot. One of his teammates might be a good option as kind of a wing guy. He played more two, but Keldon Johnson is a really good defender, He's kind of – if you're a Spurs fan, this is the kind of guy you like on defense. He takes his matchup personally every single night. He's a guy who gets up for his defensive assignment, and he doesn't have a lot of blocks or steals in his stats, but that can be – I mean, given the opportunity, he can fix that. I mean, I don't know. We knew Derek White was going to be a good defensive player. I don't know if anybody knew he was going to be – five blocks in a game and the playoffs good. Yeah. But um, Pete, Keldon Washington has, a, or Keldon Johnson rather, has a chance to be maybe like a level below that. Uh, another guy, Grant Williams, a bit of an interesting case because he's kind of undersized for the position he naturally plays. He's His size would lead you to believe he plays three, but he's played more four and five in college. Okay. So another guy who can post up really well who has a decent shot. Uh, Three-point shot is a work in progress, but he's got good mid-range game. He's got some nice fadeaway turnaround shots out of the post. He's a guy I like. And if the Spurs really want just pure offense, a guy I really like at 19 is Cameron Johnson out of UNC. He's a professional bucket getter. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. He's got major range, and he just hits shots. 
Oh, okay. So yeah, and and actually, um, there was a mock that I was going to tell you tell you about. Um, we had him at at um, 29th, actually. So do you, you don't think he'll fall that far, Cameron Johnson? I think if the Spurs don't get him at 19, I think he goes somewhere between the 19 and the 29th pick. So I think if okay. they do get him, they'd have to get him at 19. Oh, uh, okay. What about uh, this guy, Charles Bassey? I saw one, one place that had him 19th. Is that too high for him, or what do you think? He's Charles 6'10", Bassey is 6'10", a, forward center out of Kentucky, yeah, he's, Western Kentucky. Yeah, played at Western Kentucky. was a bit of a surprise. He was a top-10 recruit. Went to Western Kentucky. Um, people like him a lot. I think he would have been ranked a lot higher in mock drafts if he went to a Power 5 school. Okay. That's how these things work. Uh, rarely do you have a guy like John Morant who goes to uh, Murray State for two years, balls out, and can become a top three pick. So I think if Charles Bassey had gone to uh, Duke or a UNC or a Kentucky, he well maybe not a Kentucky because they're so deep, but you know kind of your one of your typical Power Five schools, I think people would have really been much higher on him because he was not playing against great competition this year. So people aren't really sure what he can do or mm-hmm. how good he is, or how good he isn't. Uh, but he is an offensively-minded big man who can step out and shoot it a little bit. Okay, Three-point shot is a work in progress right now, but he's a guy who can shoot it in the mid-range. He finishes fairly well at the rim. He's pretty athletic. So he's he would be, if again, if you're the Spurs and you're looking to get younger and more athletic, especially yeah. at a position like center, Charles Bassey would be a good pick. Um, there, there's this guy. So, so this is an older proje- um, update, should I say, mock draft. Um, draft Express on, on April 12th, they had them taking the Spurs taking at 19. Talon um, Horton Tucker, six four. He says he's six four, but he plays a forward um, out of Iowa State. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not you, a fan of that. Okay. Because in college, he can get away with playing small forward because the game is generally smaller. Yeah. That to me, that doesn't translate to the NBA level. Like, yes, he can. You can say all day, "Well, he played small forward in college." Okay, but he doesn't have, yeah, he doesn't yeah. have the body. He doesn't have the length to guard guys on the wing at the NBA level. Right now, he is at best a combo guard, and mm-hmm. I just don't like that pick for the Spurs at all. And like, I, I have seen, I have seen Horton Tucker and a lot of mock drafts right around that area in the like the 16 to 22, 23 range yeah. makes me uncomfortable because I really would not like that pick for the Spurs at all. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, and then there was one other guy I want to ask you about in this 19th range. Uh, this is from the Stepien. Now, again, they're not using, um, they're not actually using your team needs for, for their composite rankings. They're more so just looking at, at the 30 best prospects in their opinion. Sure. So they have Trey Jones at, at 19th. Um, Six three guard out of Duke. What do you think about him? Well, he already said he's going back to school. So oh, he's going back to school. Okay, good. So I can don't even have to worry about him. Cool, cool. So I'll take him off the list. Thank you for letting me know that. Yeah. Um, okay. So now let's play a little game here with these with these uh, few players that, that we we talked about. I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna give you three options. I'm gonna say their name. You tell me. Uh, this person should take him with 19. Wait, or um, or, or I guess like pass or something like that. You know. Okay. So, so let's, let's do a little thing here. Uh, Rui Huchimara, you said take him, right? Yes. Okay, so take him. Uh, PJ Washington. Take him if he's there at 19. Okay. Uh, Keldon Johnson. Uh, see if you can wait on him for the later pick. So wait. Uh, Grant Williams. Wait. And Cameron Johnson. I would say take him. Okay, so take him. 
Let's see who are the other guys. Uh, Bruno Fernando. Wait, wait, and then I, I know I, just by your just by your uh, your your thoughts on him, uh, Talon Horton Tucker's a, a t- don't take him right past. He's a, he's a hard pass for me. Okay, so uh, and then Charles Bassey. Charles Bassey, I would wait. I wait. Okay, so ahead. I think with him, it's going to come down to how he tests at the combine mm-hmm. and how he looks against those guys at the combine. Because if he looks good, he might start jumping up draft boards. So, so the guy though for you're like for sure like locked in on if, if he's there is, is Rui, right? For if you're the Spurs, in your opinion, hundred percent. If he is there, take him. Don't even hesitate. Okay, okay. So that's the guy I got a circle here on this list. Okay, so all right. So, so that's where the that's kind of where, where your thoughts are been on the, on the 19th pick, and those are again. So, so, and then Spurs cast listeners, those are some of the uh, other prospects that other uh, mock drafts have have the Spurs taking um, at 19th. Now, again, it's really early. We're still like almost a, what a month, over over a month away from the from the actual draft. So, so again, these are just early projections. And like Ben says, when when they, when, they, when the prospects are doing more, some more of their workouts, get, uh, start participating in other things. Um, you know, you'll start seeing them uh, fall or, or rise on the draft boards. All right, Ben, let's go to the 29th pick now um, that the Spurs have. Now, again, they acquired this this pick from the um, the Ka- Kawhi Leonard and Jakob Pertl deal last summer um, to get DeMar DeRozan and Jakob. Um, so who are some players that you're looking at at 29 right now? I really like, and this is a guy who has been kind of creeping up draft boards, Fiondu Cabangeli out of Florida State. Love this kid. 6'10" has an NBA-ready body like Fernando, probably is a little better offensively than Fernando, but the knock on him is that he he was basically the sixth man for FSU, which is not really his fault because Coach Leonard Hamilton is notorious for going 10 and 11 guys deep. Mm-hmm. So he has – like no one on that team averages more than like 30 minutes a game. Or, or, and there are guys every, all everywhere in between who are averaging in the teens or averaging in the 20s. I think Kevin Gelly was somewhere in the low twenties or maybe mid twenties as far as minutes per game. So if you if you look at his per forty numbers, they're really good. Uh, he, he can step out, he can shoot it a little bit. He's he's solid defensively, good rim protector, can move his feet a little bit, could probably guard two or th- maybe three positions. Okay, but he's a guy I really like. Uh, Daniel Gafford out of Arkansas, who people thought would be a lottery pick last year. Uh, unwisely so decided to stay another year at Arkansas. And now he is kind of a borderline first rounder. Um, out of Washington. He's yeah. A lot of, a lot of Spurs fans. I know for sure. Like him. Yes. I was just going to say, I had many requests to do um, (laughs) a post on him because they wanted to, the people were very excited about him. He's, I, I like him. I think he's kind of, he falls in that, uh, Tucker Horton, conversation where you know, oh, wow. Bible is six five and people want him playing at the three. Yeah. For, for just from the video clips I've seen him, he just looks so much bigger than everybody else. But I guess you're right. Maybe he's playing out of position. Um, you know, and, and I guess, I don't know. He just looks like a, like a bigger dude compared to everybody else on, on the court at his size. Uh, yeah. He's, he's got arms for days. That's the thing. Okay, that's he's got, it is. He's got yeah. these really long arms that'll make him, they make him look huge. And he's he's solid enough. I, I I don't know his weight off the top of my head. Yeah, no, no worries. You know that's uh that that's easily remedied in any NBA weight room. So I wouldn't be terribly worried about that. But it it is. I mean, you could have him out there as a defensive specialist with a certain lineup. I think what the, it would have to be the right lineup for him. Just because he he really isn't offensively minded at all. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he averaged a shade under 10 points a game 
Yeah, I saw that. Decent Washington team, and he probably should have had more of a scoring load to carry, but uh, that's kind of that's just kind of how that team was built. It was, and again, the back 12 was really bad this year, so there weren't any really good teams to brag about. But a guy who I also like at 29, Casey Okpala out of Stanford, okay. Pac 12 guy, but another dude who's really long, he's 6'9, he's, he's got your. NBA length that you like to see on the perimeter there, guarding out there. He can probably guard two or three positions as well. Solid shooter. Again, all these guys can improve on their shooting when they get to the NBA. There's no one who's going to fall to them at this point, except maybe Cameron. Well, maybe Cameron Jackson, but there's really no one else who would fall to them at this point. That would be an amazing shooter who who is just like an offensive genius that they could plug in and just say, go fill all of our offensive holes with the second unit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so real quick on Thibault, what, what position do you say he, you think he can guard in the NBA? I think he could guard – he could probably guard the one, two, maybe three. Okay, so one, two, maybe three. And, and Casey Akpala, because I saw his name um, on one of the draft things, so, so you um, – He's six nine, so so he can guard. You think he can guard threes, like out on the wing, not not just like in the post or anything like that. Yeah, he could probably guard. Okay, threes, fours, maybe a small ball five. Okay, small ball five. Um, all right. Did you have any other names before I ask you? Before I give you a few, or I have three more names. Nas Reed out of LSU. Okay. He's a guy people okay. are sleeping on a little bit. Very skilled big man, also NBA ready body. You're you're seeing a pattern here with the big men. Yeah, um, but he's actually a really good shooter. He's really smooth athlete. Uh, sees sees the floor well out of the post. Finds his guys. I don't think his assist numbers were ter- were very high, but he is good at getting out of the double team, finding the right guy. And that LSU team was really fun to watch. Um, Namias Queta out of Utah State, kind of a sleeper pick there. Dylan Windler out of Belmont, nice little. Six eight forward, four year player, you know, knows how to play the game, really smart, was putting up over twenty points a game, and he was being targeted on defense. Uh, you know, teams were game planning for him, and he was still scoring twenty plus a night. Wow, so I like him because he knows he he knows how to score. You know, when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, which is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, my last guy is. If, if there's a guy you want to take a chance on, maybe Jonte Porter. Okay. Injured his ACL. Uh, Bit of a kind of a scary situation, but uh, might be worth taking a chance because he's a solid shooter. He could also be pretty NBA ready. Okay. So, so to Jonte Porter. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I remember. So, when I was looking at a few, and um, you don't think Windler and um, what's his name? Uh, Keith. Quetta, Keita, they're too a little bit too high for twenty nine or not? Or do you think that's around? That's fine. Uh, Wendler's probably fine. Keita might be a reach, but I also don't think he would last till forty nine. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, because uh, they have to wait for a while. That would be you have to you have to see is that reach worth it for us? Yeah, for sure. So, um, so, so yeah, so you actually named uh, three of the guys that that I that I've seen on different mocks. So, uh, so Akpala was one of those guys on Draft Express's mock at twenty nine. Uh, Cameron Johnson for the ringer, and then also Matisse Thibel at NBA DraftNet. Now, two guys that um, – what about uh, Ty Jerome, 6'5 combo guard out of Virginia? What do you think about him at 29? Like his game, 
Very smart player. Any basically any scouting report you read on him is going to tell you as a high basketball IQ, yeah, crafty veteran, all that kind of stuff. You know that typical language. But um, I, I like his game. He can handle the ball for you. He shoots it well. He makes difficult shots. Mm-hmm. But he is also very slow on defense. If oh, okay. You 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 have to really debate: Do I want the ball handling and the shooting? But do I want to do I want to lose out on on some defense here? Oh, okay, so slow defense. And he yeah, not, and he, he not shoot it so well that he makes mm-hmm. up for those multitude of sins on defense. Yeah, and plus, like we said, uh, you know, guard is not really a you know one two is not really a primary. Um, need right now for the San Antonio team. Last guy, and again, this is another guard here. Um, uh, his name is, I think, Shamori Pons or Shamari Pons. Shamori Pons out of St. Pons. Yeah. yeah. He's that guy. He can get buckets all day. Okay. I am concerned about him because he is short. He is six one. Yeah, I saw that. And he never really played defense at St. John's. So yeah, not, <laughs> not, not, a, not a favorite pick of mine, I would say. Okay, so yeah, so so I think I think right there, like what you were just saying, it's either going to be one of those one of those athletic bigs, um, you know, who has NBA ready body, or um, one of these other wings that you know you want to try to take a chance on, um, that, that you hope that they can they can, uh, you know, grow. Uh, let's look. Let's go for our third topic, man. Let's talk about the possibility of the Spurs maybe trying to move up in the draft and packaging these two picks together, the nineteen and twenty nine. Um, do you have any teams or projections of where you think, how far, how you think they could get, or if there's any kind of deal that could be done in that with those type, those two picks combined? There will certainly be teams that are that can use the picks. Um, there's, I can't remember who it is, but there is definitely a team this year that does not have a first round pick, and I cannot remember for the life of me who it is. So, you know, one or both of those picks might intrigue that team. They give up. They give up, you know, that team would give up future picks and or, you know, assets on their team currently. Again, I'd have to find out who it is because it was. I know I, the, Cl- I mean, the Clippers, the Rockets, yeah. the Nuggets, they don't have their picks. Okay. And I think the so, Kings are. Nuggets yeah, probably Kings. wouldn't be inclined to do that because the, the Nuggets are pretty set with a young core right now. Yeah. They're fine. Clippers might look at that, though. Um, they might be intrigued. I think they might be intrigued by that, but I don't really know what the Spurs would want in return from the Clippers is the problem. Um, you try and look at their roster and you're, you're thinking, what, what do they have that the Spurs would want? Yeah. And not, not a whole lot comes to mind. Maybe a Wilson Chandler, but he's getting up there in age. Maybe if you can – squeeze away uh Montrez Harrell that would be intriguing but um and they're not going to get rid of Ivica Zubac that's their center or that's their future I should say yeah so, I don't even think they'll get rid of Harrell because he he was so good for them this year especially in the playoffs he was he might even be yeah he, he's a candidate for six man of the year so yeah he's um, he's going to be pretty untouchable I mean the only guy they'd probably be comfortable getting rid of is like a Jermichael Green and I'm not sure the Spurs would really even be interested in that so uh, for, for them, I, it's tough. But there's there are definitely a few teams who I think wouldn't mind moving back and taking two picks later Yeah, to really figure out what they want to do and kind of maybe really even to have decisions made for them. Mm-hmm. So that they're kind of saying, okay, well, all these guys are off the board, so now we can kind of go after people who are more – 
what we're looking for and have less question marks or guys who fit these needs and we can be patient with them yeah, and sit on them for two years, whatever it may be. Like the Celtics. That, that's the name I wrote down just because like I actually wrote, even though I don't think the Lakers would do this just because it's so high there, they have the 11th pick right now. Um, I was thinking of those teams that want to try to trade for Anthony Davis, you know, trying to get two more picks to send to the Pelicans kind of yeah. deal. That's what I, but then I was like looking like uh, 29th. I don't think that's as enticing for, for new Orleans. I think they'd rather just have a, you know, the 11th or 14th from 11th from the Lakers or, or 14th from the Celtics. What did you think about that? Yeah. But if the, but the Celtics also have four draft picks. They, yeah. they, I, I don't know if they can trade all four of them. Cause I can't remember how many are actually their own. Yeah. The 22nd pick in the first round is theirs and their pick in the second round is theirs. So if they wanted to, they could get rid of 14-20, trade that, and then possibly package the 22nd pick, take the Spurs pick. I, I don't know. It would be like a weird, crazy three-way trade where yeah. somehow the, the Celtics would end up with the Spurs picks, and the Spurs would get one of their – the Spurs would uh, would probably – if they're moving up, they'd obviously go for the 14th pick. but mm-hmm. um, or, or maybe even – they trade both of them, take their take their twenty and twenty-two pick, because the you know the average of those is the twenty-first pick, whereas the average with the nineteenth and the twenty-ninth is like what the twenty-fourth and a half pick or whatever. So if we're doing that, if if they're even doing that kind of math, which seems like really bad math, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know that's that could be something, but um, I, I forgot that they had so many picks. So, so now, now actually, now that I wrote down Boston's, I think I'm going to scratch it off. Just the fact that they have to, you know, I didn't know if they could get New Orleans, all those picks, if they, if they even did uh, create yeah, a deal. Would, I mean, that would be some real masterful stuff from Danny Ainge. If he found a way to get all of those picks, send them to New Orleans, get Anthony Davis, and then they re-sign Anthony Davis and the Celtics create a new dynasty. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, I, I honestly don't think those two now. Now that I think about it more, Lakers and Celtics. Uh, what about these teams? Though I wrote down the Heat and Detroit. So Miami has thirteen, and the reason why I say that is because what if because the Heat are in horrible, you know, the like, next like they think two or three years they're in a very terrible tax situation where they're paying the luxury tax. So they're they're right at it. They're stuck with these horrible contracts. So what if yep. they give up, you know, a young asset in the thirteenth pick? They get back to Spurs' 19th and 29th. And what if they can use one of those picks to try to trade one of their bad contracts for at least this coming season to get themselves some cap relief? Um, same thing for the Pistons. You know, they have the 15th pick. What if they could do that 19 and 29 for 15? And, again, you can get rid of some of their own bad contracts to other teams. Kind of using these picks to, to shed some, some bad salary if you're Detroit or, or Miami. What do you mean about so that? If, if, but if you're the Spurs looking at these deals and you and Miami says – we're going to give you our 13th pick and we're going to give you one of our bad contracts. Like, no, no, no. I, I don't think – I wasn't I was saying the Spurs would take back the bad contract. Oh, okay. I'm, so, I'm saying some Miami and Detroit and their arsenal. Now yeah. they can try to ship off some to other teams some of their bad contracts with a, a pick attached when these first rounds. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, okay. that's what my thinking was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was going to say because the Spurs can't yeah. afford to take on any more yeah, contracts. They don't want those terrible contracts. Yeah, they can, they can barely afford to try and re-sign Rudy Gay. So – um, yeah, I mean, those. I would definitely say those guys are candidates to try and package that, package the pick and bad contracts, send them off somewhere. the The thing is, who takes those contracts? What team can afford to do that? Who is 
who is near the salary floor. Yeah, that's 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 another question too. So yeah, I mean that's kind of just where my, my mind is at. Like if the Spurs do make some sort of deal, I think it's one of those teams who's kind of over the cap and, and is really in trouble, you know, in the next two to three years financially. So maybe they they try to take one of those those two picks off the Spurs' hands, uh, and and two try to attach them to a pick. So again, yeah, it's more so for a move down the line. But that, that's kind of if the Spurs were to package them together, I think that's what they're thinking is uh, in terms of the, the teams they're targeting for a trade. Yeah, you yeah. If you're, I mean, if you're packaging those two, you got to move up into the lottery at the very least. Okay, so think, yeah. Okay, uh, so that's so that's like the Spurs would the Spurs would probably have to part with those two picks and maybe maybe a Patty Mills. Mm-hmm. And then if they do part with the Patty Mills, they now have a reason to draft a guard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know if teams would take the salary, but I think Brent Forbes is a really attractive piece right now for a lot of teams. The he's on a really friendly contract. Yeah, he is four, like four million. Yeah, he's doing. He's he has on a really good contract. He showed up in the playoffs. I mean, he had a really good run. So he's. I want to say he's like three years, twelve mil. Yeah, no, no, it's. I uh, know. I think he has one more year on his new deal. Um, from what from what I can remember, but yeah, I, I'd have to look it up. But um, yeah, no, no, for for sure. And uh, so 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 there is a chance that if they do package them together in order to get in the lottery, they may need to t- send another contract of somebody, like you're saying there. Um, so yeah, yeah that was help them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the cap goes. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, all right, Ben, let's move on to our, uh, the last pick that the Spurs have, and that's the 49th pick, uh, the second round now. Now, before we get into some of the players that you kind of um, highlighted or, or written or targeted, uh, I want to talk about one player who's actually been in the news, and this is uh, Lucas Simonic. Uh, I think you said his name. I mean, you said his name earlier. I, I think I butchered it right there. Um, 6'10", uh, power forward. Um, he's from Croatia, but he's playing right now in Olympia. Uh, Lupa, I don't know his name. Say his name. I don't know how to say the team's name. Lupa. Lublahana or something like that. Uh, anyway, there's a report that R.C. Buford was there on um, uh, recently at one of his games. He's only 19 years old. Uh, he, he's considered uh, one of the better prospects from, from out of the European players coming into this draft. Um, right now, um, some of his projections are all kind of in the second round. Tankathon has him at 43rd. ESPN uh, Draft Express at 39th. Then NBA Draft Net at 43rd. So, so what do you think about him um, in terms of just what you know about him so far? Well, as far as this class goes, it's kind of – as far as the European guys go, it's kind of Sekou Dumbaya, if I said that name right. He is he is the guy out of Europe this year, and there's and then there's everyone else. Oh, uh, okay. Monich is part of that everyone else, and there's a chance that um, – I hope I say his name right again. Goga Batatze is – uh, he could be a first rounder, and I think those are the only two European guys right now who are who I are who I am seeing are mm. potential first round guys. Mm. So a a guy like Samanic is definitely a second round talent as he as he stands now. Okay, so so um, now let's look at some of the players that you've written down um, or or you've targeted. Who do you think they should look at with the forty nine right now? Uh, I think if this guy falls to them somehow, Moses Brown out of UCLA, seven footer, not a bad shooter. Um, he does he does have a questionable motor, according to a lot of guys, and from what I've seen, so that might be uh, that might be a reach for the for a Spurs fit. Mm-hmm. I think he is. I think his talent is better than a second rounder. So I think in that regard, it would be a win. Uh, one guy, if he somehow falls this far, Chuma Okiki out of Auburn. And the only reason I think he would fall this far is because of the ACL injury he suffered 
during the NCAA tournament. Oh, okay. People know he is a good player. So I don't know if he'll fall that far, but I figured I'd list him just in case. Um, a guy, Another guy, Jalen McDaniels, uh, one of the few big men on my list who does not have an NBA-ready body. He is 6'10", and he weighs maybe 200 pounds, mm-hmm. 205 soaking wet. Um, so that, that's a guy you got to get in the weight room, get him eating McDonald's every day, whatever you got to do. Whataburger, man. Don't hear Whataburger, it. Right. It's Texas. What am I thinking? Whataburger. <laughs> um, but he has, he has a really nice offensive game. He posts really well. The problem okay. is he can't, he has issues with bigger guys because they push him around. He can't really push himself back, but he does have a nice offensive game. He shoots the ball well. He can drive well. So he has an added dimension as far as big men go. Another guy I like who did not play a lot this year, who I was really high on going into the season, West Virginia's Sagaba Kanate at 6'8 or 6'9. He's a phenomenal shot blocker and rim protector. He is a superb athlete. Another guy whose body is NBA ready. Um, like him a lot. Just think he's a good motor guy, good defender, solid enough on offense that he's not a save there. Okay. Another guy I happen to really like, who I hope falls to the Spurs in the second round, is Diedrich Lawson out of Kansas, 6'9". The dude, he put Kansas on his back this year. They lost their seven-footer early in the season, mm-hmm. and he this dude did everything. He scored for them. He boarded the ball. He, he was passing the ball really well. He's a guy who posts up incredibly well. He has... He has moves. He has counters for his moves. He has the ability to take bigger guys off the dribble. He can shoot the three. He can shoot it in the mid-range. He's, I just like him. I don't know. He, he's probably uh, an even or maybe even a little bit of a minus defender. Okay. I think his offensive game is actually good enough. It makes up for that. Oh, okay. And uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention my favorite lefty in the game, Ignas Brazdakis. AKA Iggy Um, love his game. He finishes really well with both hands around the rim, solid shooter, decent defender. He's probably a little slow to play true wing guys. He would probably, well, he's six, seven, so we'd have to play some true wing guys, but he couldn't guard down and, you know, guard a one or two for extended periods of time on a switch. Mm -hmm. He would, he would have to guard threes, maybe fours. Um, but his offensive game is pretty good. He is versatile in what he can do on that end of the floor. And I think one last guy I have is Darius Baisley, who was committed to Syracuse, who ended up, and then he was going to go play overseas or he was going to play in the G League and then decided he's going. he took the year off to oh, wow. train for the draft. So nobody really knows how good or how how good he is or isn't right now because no one's seen him play in a year. So he is a really hard case, but he was – I think he was a top 30 or a top 40 recruit coming out of high school. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, that reminds me of um, – what's that kid's name from um, from uh, Portland? Uh, Anthony Simons was like that, right, where he took the year off? And- well, he didn't necessarily take a year off. What he did was he took a postgraduate year. He oh, okay, okay. Ball at IMG Academy. So IMG Academy, for those who do not know. Yeah, yeah explain that to me because, I, like I said, I'm not into the draft that much. So, yeah, the, so IMG Academy is a school in Bradenton, Florida. Uh-huh. They basically, they're, they're really known for football. 
they have a bunch of kids who are four or five star kids who play football. Yeah. They have like a tennis academy. They have they have basketball, all that stuff. It's basically like all all day, every day is whatever sport you're training in. And okay. yes, they go to school, they earn grades, things like that, but they don't they don't they're not in school as long as normal kids are, like a six or seven hour day. They have like a four hour day. Mm-hmm. They have classes they go to, do all their work, all that, and then in every waking moment other than that is spent training. And so what IMG does for basketball is they have a regular high school team, which is like ninth graders to 12th graders. Okay. And then they have a post-grad team, which is like the guys who are really are kind of old enough to go to college or they've done four years of high school, but they don't, they're not ready for college or they don't want to go to college or, you know, they, they want to spend another year playing a different kind they basically spend a year playing whatever teams they want. They go and find teams to play this postgraduate team because they're not allowed to play regular high school teams. Yeah. They're all 18 or 19 year old guys, as opposed to your, you know, 15 to 18 year olds. Oh, okay. So interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cause I, I just, I remember that, that story from last year. Um, so it's a little bit different there. Um, and the main reason I know that is because Anthony Simons actually went to my high school first, and then he took his postgraduate school. He took his postgraduate year at IMG. Oh, okay, okay, interesting. Um, yeah, and one little uh, er- uh, not error, but um, just clarification, should I say, is on uh, Brent Forbes' deal. So yeah, he's making two point eight million this coming year, and that's the last year of his deal. So um, he signed last year. He signed like around a th- th- three for two years. I mean, um, six for two years kind of deal. That uh, is but- an incredibly team friendly deal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and, you know, Pops made some, some remarks this season, kind of joking how, how Brent should tear up his contract and ask for a new one. But uh, oh. I mean, for the production he gave the Spurs, I mean, he's a, he's a really attractive contract to a lot of teams off the, in the league just because, like you said, it's a really team-friendly contract. The production he's given you is a lights-out shooter, a top-10 shooter by accuracy this year. Um, so maybe he could be a piece that they might want to include uh, with one of those picks to try to move up uh, into the lottery. That's just that's something to watch uh, if you're the Spurs. So, uh, thanks, ben for, ben, for joining me on SpursCast episode 544. Again, SpursCast listeners, follow him on Twitter at the underscore Boomstein. Um, as you all know, SpursCast um, listeners, you know, every week Ben does his Prospect Watch uh, series over on Project Spurs. So he's our draft guy. He's our draft expert. That's why I wanted to have him on now that we're getting into the draft. I'll have you on more frequently, Ben, now that, you know, as that time starts drawing near. Um, so just to get, kind of get your opinions on who you're looking at. Um, again, SpursCast listeners, a lot of these guys that he talked about already – uh, you can look up a lot of the prospect watches that he uh, he wrote about them. So just go to Project Spurs. You can click on uh, on the links of each player and, and see some of these um, some of these these profiles. These are in here, and he'll continue to keep um, writing them. So for um, for Benjamin Bornstein, I'm Paul Garcia. Thank you. Have a great day. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.